discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. What a blessing. Good evening to all of you. You're welcome to our um, Singles Conference for, for 2020. Hallelujah. We plan to have a number of meetings. It's supposed to be a conference, not a single meeting. So we are going to have um, a number of you know, speakers coming um, during the next few months. So you hear us call for more meetings as a month go by. You you get an information concerning a meeting date, and then you just join us online like you've done this evening. And uh, I know that you'll be blessed. Hallelujah! It's a live meeting, so you, if you have any questions, you can just put them um, up on uh, on on the YouTube space, or we've even put a we've put a number up there, so you can just text your question through to the number. I'll speak for just about 45 minutes or an hour and allow you to ask as many questions as you can so that we can answer as many as we can as well. Hallelujah. So, um, like I said, it's not going to be a, a one-time deal. We want to try and help as many of our um, brothers and sisters out there who are single um, to prepare themselves adequately you know, in order to be chosen or to choose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, my title for today is How to Prepare Yourself to Choose wow. or to Be Chosen. Wow. You know, how to prepare yourself to choose or to be chosen. It's, it's either you are being chosen or you are choosing. The, the young men um, end up choosing. You know, if you're a lady, you, you choose as well, but then you, are, you choose when you are chosen. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't go around proposing to, 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 you can't go around proposing to guys, but then when someone comes over and says, oh, I like your honor, be in a relationship with you, I want to you know, get married to you, then you get to choose as to whether you want to continue with the person or not. Hallelujah. But first of all, you have the young man coming in to come, in, to come in. You know, he makes a choice, the first choice. Sometimes the, a lady makes a choice, but then your choice may not choose you. And uh, in that case, you, you, you may not be able to do what? You may not be able to do much to get the person to choose you. As a child of God, you are, we are instructed to live um, above reproach. Hallelujah. So um, I have a few things, a few points to share with you. And... Uh, And then we'll go on. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could see your faces, but I'm sure you're, you're listening and I'm sure you're, you're being blessed. You know, um, this is a very crucial time 
in your life now that you're single one of the problems that most people encounter in marriage and the, is, is uh, the problem of not knowing what to do as a person as an individual remember even though you you're in a marriage you are still an individual you have your spirits are not the same when you get married to someone your flesh becomes one it says for this purpose shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall join himself to his wife and they too shall be one flesh it didn't say shall be one spirit okay you can find that scripture in ephesians ephesians chapter 5 verse 31 let's look at ephesians 5 31 and then there's one in genesis as well genesis chapter 2 um verse 29 i think let's look at it, it says for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they two shall be one flesh he didn't say they two shall be one spirit he said they two shall be one flesh so you need to learn to live as an individual learn to live as someone who is single learn to enjoy your singleness or your singlehood if you like hallelujah <laughs> you need to learn how to enjoy it you need to learn how to be independent to have your own space you know to enjoy yourself as an individual and be happy because actually when you get married your marriage is not all to bring you happiness okay marriage is supposed to bring you a certain kind of happiness but marriage does not satisfy the the void that is in every human being marriage does not satisfy loneliness marriage only satisfies aloneness hallelujah i don't know if you understand what i'm trying to say if you read in genesis let's let's go back to the book of beginnings genesis chapter 2 let me read from verse 18 genesis 2 18 the bible says and the lord god said it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him and help meet for him it is not good for the man to be alone he didn't say it's not good for the man to be lonely because as far as god was concerned adam was not lonely so marriage does not fulfill the demands of loneliness okay he says it is not good that the man should be alone he, adam was is, there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely you can check it in your dictionary you see it to be alone means to be alone about something that you're doing about some a, a work that you're doing or to be alone in a in a you can be alone in a room and not be lonely in that room these days we have so many people who are in a room on their own but then they are not lonely at all because they're on facebook they're on instagram they are they are chatting they're having all kinds of chats with people or watching all kinds of things on social media you see because uh there's a big difference between loneliness and then being alone and marriage is supposed to satisfy your aloneness in fulfilling the purposes that God has given to you. And with that comes companionship. You see, with that comes what? Companionship. Marriage brings you, one of the major reasons why we get married is for the purpose of companionship, for satisfying companionship. To be able to have somebody you can share your life with. You can share your happiness with, your sadness with, your, your joys, your ups, your downs, and all of those things with. But the person cannot satisfy your loneliness in life. Hallelujah. Nobody can. That's why we have mothers grasping on their children. 
you know, because if, if their children want to leave, they don't want them to leave. They want, you, want you to stay. They have their claws are deep in the skins of their daughters and their sons, you know, because they've used their children to satisfy their loneliness for so long, they can't bear to see them go. Only God can fill that place of loneliness in your heart. Only God can fill that place. So one of the major things you need to do as a single person now is to get close to God. So that's my very first point. You should know that that will be my first point. Okay? Get closer to the Lord. How to prepare yourself to choose or to be chosen. Number one is to get closer to the Lord. Get closer to the Lord. Get closer to the Lord. To satisfy your, your loneliness. Because nobody, no human being, it's, it is impossible for a human being. What do you think about what I'm saying? It's impossible. It's practically impossible. What can you do? You know, when someone passes on, when someone loses someone very important to them, you have people saying things from outside. As you lose your mother, or your father, or your spouse, or your brother, you have people saying things. Oh, don't worry, I'll be there for you. It's, it's, it's actually, they can't actually be there for you like that. No human being, and, and that, this is what um, the world promotes. They promote dating and relationships uh, as something that satisfies loneliness. But it doesn't, it's a big lie. So we have all kinds of songs that go along that line. I give you all of me. I give. It's not true. Nobody can give you all of him. What will he do? Will he enter you? You can't enter your stomach. Nobody really knows what is going on. Really, 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 really with you. Only God knows that. Hallelujah. If you don't solve this particular thing as a single person in your life, you will give so many problems to your husband or to your wife. Whoever you get married to is in, is in a very big problem. It's in a very big trouble. Because you will never feel satisfied. You will never feel that the person is satisfying you. And you will be on an endless journey, you know, of looking for satisfaction. And looking for someone who feels that need of, of loneliness in your, in your spirit, in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it's very important that you, you satisfy this now that you are single, now that you are not married. Okay? Do that before you allow somebody to come in. If you've not yet located yourself as an individual, located yourself as someone who is happy and who is... Uh, because no, everybody's looking for somebody to make them happy. Or everybody's looking for someone who will make them... Nobody's looking for a baggage to carry. A baggage of emotions. A baggage of trouble. A baggage of, uh, of sadness, of I don't know who would want to marry somebody who is constantly sad and needs to be brought out of their sadness. The Bible says rejoice evermore. Again, I say rejoice. Everybody is looking for somebody who is, you know, nice to be around with. Nobody goes to the shop to buy, to pay money for, for nothing or for something that is, is useless. Everybody wants to get something that is very nice. So if you're a guy, you need to become a nice person. <laughs> you need to become a nice person. You need to become somebody who can be relied on. We can rely on you. You are reliable. You are trustworthy. You know, you, you have a certain aura of peace around you, a certain aura of joy around you. We, you. we don't need another person to come and come and stir you up before you can be happy. Nobody can carry that burden in, in their life. It's not possible. 
But it's the first, one of the first things you need to do is to get closer to the Lord because only God can satisfy your loneliness and help you find your true self. Please, do you understand? Yes. It's only God who can help you find your true self. Find your true self. Get to know who you are as a person. Get to know what type of a person you are. Sometimes you don't even know who, who, what type of a person you are. How can you get to know somebody else? And how can you be uh, someone someone would want to get to know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't, we don't enter marriage or we don't, en we don't get into dating looking for somebody who will satisfy that particular um, void or need in your life of loneliness and helping you find your... No, nobody can help you find yourself. Only God can help you find yourself. I don't know if what I'm saying is, 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 is like that. I mean, your baggage of emotions, something small, you are crying. Something small, you are angry. Something small, this one. Your head, this, this one. No, that's not going to work. Nobody will be able to, you know, stay with you. Remember, marriage is not about uh, staying with somebody for a year or two and deciding that, oh, I don't like this one again. I'm going away. Marriage is, is permanent. Marriage has permanence in mind. In, 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 in the account, in, among the accounts, they call it, they call marriage awarie. Okay, and that means something that is very long, a long journey. It's a long journey. That's what it means. A worry, you know, it's from that. It's very long, a very long journey that we are going on. That's how they call it. So you don't, you don't. It's not something you enter and exit. It's something you stay in. When you enter, you are in, and you are in there forever. So just imagine. Just look at yourself. Am I somebody someone would like to live with forever? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you someone, ask yourself, am I someone who another person will be happy to live with? How am I like? Am I short-tempered? Am I uh, uh, someone who, who is crazy? <laughs> you know there's something wrong with you. You see, you need, you need God to help you satisfy that particular need of loneliness, which ends up affecting your your joy in life. Yes, it does. It affects your joy in life. It affects your sense of um, accomplishment or your sense of satisfaction, rather. Your sense of satisfaction in life. You may not have a car or a house or whatever, but you are, you are satisfied. And you are confident in what you are, in what God has made you. You, see? you are satisfied and you are confident in what God has made you. You know, there are some people who, there are some guys who can propose to certain ladies because they lack confidence. Yes, because a lack of, a lack of confidence. You feel like you are not adequate for the person. May not, the lady really likes you. And the lady would, would, would not mind going out with you. But because you don't have boldness, where does boldness come from? Boldness comes from the Spirit. Boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. We have not been given the Spirit of fear. But the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. We've not been given the spirit of timidity. When Peter, before Peter received the Holy Spirit, he was timid. But when he received the Holy Spirit, he became confident and bold. The Bible says that the people saw, the people of the, of the, the Sanhedrin saw his boldness. When they saw his boldness, they were amazed. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. He found his confidence and his boldness in the Lord. That's in Acts chapter 4. 
I think verse 12. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 4, um, verse, uh, verse 15. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 15, and let's see. But when they had commanded them to go as out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Next verse. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed their notable miracle has been done by them. It's manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Go up. Go up. Go, go to, I think, verse 13. Can you help me look for it? Verse 13, I think. Yeah, verse 13. He says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. These guys were unlearned. Let's read again. I think it's nice. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, they were, they were surprised, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So being with Jesus brings you some confidence. That will cause everybody to marvel. My wife, my wife has been saying this for a very long time. My wife, my wife, my wife says that if I was not confident and bold, I could not have approached her and proposed her. Because as at the time we were in university, my wife was driving. My wife had a very nice Nissan. Uh, I forgot what brand it was, what make it was, but a very nice Nissan car, green that she was driving. I mean, you can't even approach her. But because I was close to the Lord, I had some confidence. I had a lot of confidence. I, I knew what God wanted me to do. I knew I, I didn't have anything in my, in my name or to my name, but then I had confidence. I knew who I was. I was satisfied when it comes to, I was not lonely. You see, I was confident, I was bold. So I could easily approach it. Hallelujah. I could easily approach her and seek to be a friend and then continue to another level as time went on. So, this is very important. Get close to the Lord. Get close to the Lord. Okay? It helps you to become what? To solve your pro the problem of loneliness. To find yourself who you are. Okay? To, and grants you boldness as well. Hallelujah. What does it also do? It helps you to know the right time. Getting close to the Lord helps you to know the right time because the Lord will whisper to you. You will get to know that I am ready to be in a relationship. Some of us are 19, watching me right now, or 18, watching me right now, and you want to enter a relationship. You want to get into dating and hence uh, get, I don't know whether you are looking at marriage, but that is, that is actually not what you are looking at. You are not looking at marriage. You are looking at just having fun. Having fun is not part. The closer you get to God, the more you know that it's, God is not into just having fun. God means business. Because there's no place in the Bible where the Bible talks about um, having fun. Sleeping around. You know, you get close to this lady, you sleep with this lady. You get close to this guy, you sleep with this guy. You get close to this other one, you sleep with it. I mean, that will, that will break. It will tear you into pieces and destroy who you are. And you'll be a baggage for whoever inherits you in the future. That's what happens. You see, you, when, when you enter relationships and you are, not, you are not ready, the Bible says, do not awaken love before its time. That's in Songs of Songs. It says, don't awaken love before its time. Okay? So, it is not necessary to enter 
a relationship when you know that you are not ready. Now, how would you know you are ready? The Holy Spirit will let you know that you are ready. It's not age that makes you ready. No, it's not age. We are clear on that. It's not age that makes you ready. Okay? It's the Holy Spirit, your maturity in the Lord, that helps you know that I'm ready. I'm ready to take this particular step. We don't enter, I've preached this on several platforms. We don't get into relationships that are not going anywhere. When you get into a relationship, it means that you are going somewhere. This relationship is leading into marriage. That's what God talks about. Relationships that are leading to marriage is what God talks about. There's nothing, there's no discussions in the Bible concerning um, um, trying, trying, just dating people, going out to this one for six months or a year, going out to this other person for six months or a year, going out with this one for, and within the six months or a year, a lot of things happen. Then your heart is broken. Then you go to another one. Then your heart is broken. Then you go to another. It, it, it destroys your trust. It breaks your, your trust. You never, you, that is when you start developing all kinds of foolish opinions. Oh, men are, all men are the same. Who told you that all men are the same? Which, how many men did you test to know that they are all the same? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you need to, you need to um, know the right time. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps you get to know the right time. Okay? It helps you to get to know whether you're ready or not. But if you're 19 and you, don't, you want to get married at 26, I don't know why you want to start a relationship now. To be honest with you, I don't know why you want to start a relationship now. 19 to 26, that's seven years. Brother, sister, you do many foolish things within, that, within the seven years. It's not advisable. The best thing you can do is to continue. Just fellowship with the Lord. Be a friend. I'll talk about that one. Okay? Continue fellowship with the Lord. Be a friend. Just enjoy friendship in a group friendship. You understand? Enjoy the company of others without jumping into anything that you are not ready for, that you are not prepared for. Who jumps into a car and goes nowhere? And if you get into a car, you have a destination in mind. Who starts a journey that does not have a destination? Does anybody do that? What, what will you say to somebody who gets into a bus? You ask that person, why are you going? He says, I don't know. There's something wrong with it. It means you need, you need to go to the psychiatric hospital. You need, you need to go to rehab. You need to, you need to be helped. So why would you want to jump into a relationship that, you, that has no aim, no destination? We are not going anywhere. Oh, what are we doing? What are you doing? We are just hanging around. You know, this is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. And we, we like each other. What are you talking about? You should know what will happen. The Bible says, do not take a coal of fire. And put it in your in your bosom and not expect to be bent if you put a coal of fire in your bosom what will what will happen it will it will burn you i tell you and the scriptures talk about these things says don't put look for some of them for us don't put a coal of fire into your bosom and not expect to be bent but god will help us do you see if you put petrol and fire together what will happen ah there'll be a very serious burning into the in the system so you have most of the time you have young people um, who are, you know, just, I'm going out to this one. This one is my, my boyfriend. This one is my girlfriend. Brother, sister, you should know that it's not going to end anywhere. A lot of you have to just dissolve your relationships because it's not going anywhere to happen. Or even if there's a promise of, I'll marry you. Okay? There's a lot of fornication before they'll marry you. Their relationship is actually a fornication relationship. You know it. And God knows it. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27. It says, Can a man take fire in his bosom 
and his clothes not be burned? Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Next verse, verse 28. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Is it possible? It's not possible. Next verse. So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her shall not be innocent. <laughs> yeah, and whoever you don't marry is someone's wife. Do you know? Whoever you are sleeping with and doing all kinds of things with, is someone's wife, is someone's husband. What is wrong with you? I don't know if you like my message. Should I, should I stop preaching? Yeah, so clearly you are not ready because you, you've not, because you are not close to the Lord, you don't know, you don't know whether you are ready or not. Do you see? And clearly you are not ready. Even your age shows that you are not ready. Some people ask me, what's the, what's the right age to, to, you are, when you, when, when you look at yourself, when do you want to get married? When do you believe that you'll get married? You are finishing school probably at age 22. You are leaving university at age 22. Okay? You are now going to do your national service. When are you going to finish your national service? When are you going to find a job and all of those things and get married? It takes a while. 25, 26, 27 is a good time to marry. 25, 25 up is a good time to marry. You see? Don't just get into something you are not ready for. 19. What are you talking? I, I, it's, it's amazing. Now it's 17, 16, 15 even. And people are just messing up. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can't put a coal of fire into your bosom and not expect to be bent. You can't walk on coals barefooted and not expect to be bent. It's not possible. You will bend. You will have things happening. You will have things happening. Okay? So my advice to you it's to get close to God because the Holy Spirit will let you know. He will let you know that, brother, it is time. It is time to get into a relationship because you are going to be getting married. I, I got to know dates and times that God will have me get married. I, I, I knew by the Spirit, through prayer. So I, it's, it's, it's something I experienced through the Word and through the Spirit. That is why I can, I can say to you, it's something that happens. The Holy Spirit will let you know that it's time. Get to know this person. If you're not close to him, then you, you will function in life blind. John chapter 8, verse 12. Look at John 8, 12. Jesus said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. If you follow me, you shall not walk in darkness, but you shall have the light of life. The light of life. Of this normal natural life you have light concerning your life so if you follow him closely he will show you he says he will show you things to come that's what the holy spirit is there for oh that's what he's there for he will show you things to come he'll show you things to come he'll show you that this is what is going to be happening these are the timings and you must learn to depend on him along the line of your marriage okay yeah don't depend on him with with respect to work with respect to you know other things and not depend on him with respect to relationships and marriage. Most people forget that he can help them in finding out who to marry. And what time to marry. And who to choose. And what time it is good, what good what time is good for you to choose or to be chosen. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't 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 make that mistake. You a lot of people have made so many mistakes. Just last night, 
I got a text concerning a divorce. They've been married for just about two or three years. The lady has texted me, Pastor, I want a divorce. You know, because of various unnecessary reasons for choosing. It's always a problem. So this is the time to choose right. This is the time to be serious. You know, because the choice you make today will make all the difference for you tomorrow. If you have a good experience along this line or not, it's all dependent on how the kind of uh, uh, thinking that is going on in your mind right now. What is going on in your mind right now? How are you approaching things? If you approach it haphazardly, know that your marriage, whoever you choose will be haphazard and your life will be haphazard. You will not have the best. For some marriages, hell on earth. For others, it is true heaven on earth. It's all dependent on how you choose and who you choose. So what I'm saying is for is two sides. You prepare yourself. I'm showing you how to prepare yourself. Okay? And also, what kind of a person to choose? You must choose somebody who is not lonely and is depending on you to satisfy his or her loneliness. When you even don't, when you don't call uh, in a day, it's a problem. When you don't call in a day, it's a problem. If you don't call at a certain time, it's a problem. Do you think you can continue that kind of life when you get married? You are calling every time. I mean, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's just, that's children. You know, you, are, uh, you call at 10 p.m., then you call at 11 p.m., then you call at 12 a.m., then you call at 1 a.m., to check whether everything is fine. Hey, so where are you? Who am I saying? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Who is that girl laughing at the background? Maybe I'm buying some clearly somewhere and someone is laughing. Your insecurity will show. You can't marry somebody who is insecure in herself or in himself. Change, when you change your, you change your status, ah, there's a problem. If you, take, if you don't put her picture there or you don't put his picture there, there's a problem. I mean, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Those of you who have my numbers. How many times have you put? Have, have you have you seen me put my wife's status there? It is not an issue for discussion. It's not something we talk about that you did. If not, put me on your status. If you are not my status, if I'm not on your status, and so what? If it's not my status, and so what? We are living life. We are trying to live together. What what is status? <laughs> yeah, but if you don't choose somebody who is who knows God for herself, you see, and has not has not. Satisfy that loneliness inside through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. Every marriage actually comes with a problem of a problem of one basket. A, ba- a basket full of problems. But when you marry somebody who is not uh, 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 secured in him or her, in, in him or herself, you come with two extra buckets, baskets into the marriage. Extra, two extra baskets of problems into the marriage everybody has one basket of problems in marriage paul said that those who marry will have problems that's what paul said so it's a promise like you there are issues there are troubles with character with this with this one what happened with this one those things are the small small things that are inside marriage you know but if you marry someone who's not who's not secured in herself or himself you're in trouble just imagine a man who is jealous and will not have you have any friend. Marrying him or getting close to him means that you have to lose all your male friends. How is that going to be? Even female friends. All your friends must go. Only, only him. He's the only one in your life. You're in trouble. So it's, it's cast both sides, okay? 
Jesus said, I'm the light of the Lord. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness. Isn't it? Hallelujah. So getting closer to the Lord helps you with, I've mentioned a number of things, isn't it? What was the first thing I mentioned? It helps you cure your loneliness. Okay? It helps you find yourself as a person. It helps you to become bold. Then it helps you know the right time, when the right time comes. That's the fourth thing I've mentioned. Getting closer to the Lord helps you know when the right time, when it is right. You just know that this is it. This is the time. Sometimes you propose to a lady and she tell you, I'm not ready. Those are, there are ladies who know. They know that I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. They just know. When I proposed to my wife the first time, she said she's not ready. And I understood. I didn't insult her and go away. No, I understood that she was not ready. She has to be ready. The Holy Spirit has to give her the go-ahead. Then she can go ahead. I was ready, but she was not. Hallelujah. And you can be ready and not get married after two years or three years. You can. That's, that's possible. But just don't go when you're not ready. Okay? And the Holy Spirit helps you. He's the only one who will let you know. Only God. Your intimacy with God is what will cause you to know that I'm ready for this. I'm ready to go. It's called a perception. Let me show it to you. Book of Acts. Paul said, says, I perceive that this journey will be with much hurt. Not only of the laden, but also of our lives. Let's read Acts chapter 27. Let's read from verse 9. Acts 27 from verse 9. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, says, I perceive that this voyage will be with heads and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Also of our lives. You see, they were going on a journey to Rome. And Paul said, Paul by the Spirit, he said, I perceive, I just have this, this feeling that we shouldn't go. We shouldn't start. We are not ready to move. I just perceive by the Spirit. You will perceive. There's something like that. The Holy Spirit helps you with your perception. You just know. And that even helps you with knowing who to choose or who to say yes to. Because you don't know how things are going to... Maybe he's smiling today. He's treating you very nicely today. But after two years of marriage, he will use a cup, an axe on your face. A woman, a woman was axed almost to death during the lockdown period because of sex. I don't know if you heard of it. It was all over the news. It was all over the news. She was axed almost to death. One of her eyes almost got spout. Yes. It was not a small thing. I know the doctors who were helping her, so I got, I got some information. You know, with the back of an axe, just because of sex. I want to have sex with you. I don't want to have sex with you. I'm too tired. Whatever. She, he just took an axe and hit her multiple times on her forehead and on her face and broke all the skull. The, I mean, it's not a small thing. All the skull, there were pieces inside that went into her eyes and all of that. It's not a small thing. 
he, she really, he has changed her life forever. And they, they were married for about eight years or so. Yeah. So what shows that after eight years, your husband will not do that to you? Or your wife will not poison you after eight years of marriage? Or after two years of marriage? You see, only the Holy Spirit can help you. Paul said, says, I perceive that this journey, will, this voyage will be with much with head and much damage. Not only of the leading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which Paul had, which Paul, which were spoken by Paul. The aspects were saying that, oh, we can go. The system looks okay. Everything is fine. You know, when you see a guy like this, you don't let a guy like this go away. Brother, sister, or when you see a lady like you don't let the lady go away. Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you something else. You perceive that I'm not ready. I'm just not ready for this. Only the Holy Spirit can let you know. And it's all dependent on how close you are to the Lord. I don't know if you like my message. Then getting close, that's the fourth thing. Getting close to the Lord will help you to know not to be unequally yoked. Okay? Getting close to the Lord will help you know to not be unequally yoked. Unequally yoked. And I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14 to you. God has instructions concerning who to marry. The closer you are to the Lord, the more you take what he has said seriously. If you are not close to the Lord, it will not cross your mind. You'll be a Christian who will marry anybody. You will marry a Muslim. You will marry a Hindu. You will marry uh, what, an atheist because he's a nice guy. She's a nice lady. He's a Mexican. She's from Venezuela. He's hairy. He has a very nice voice. He has a V. He has money. He has a British accent. If a British accent, you go chop. <laughs> British accent, you go chop. The Bible says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And God was very serious about the 2 Corinthians 6.14. Put it up there once again. Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. As simple as ABCD. God does not want you to be yoked. It's called an unequal yoking. You cannot yoke a cow and a horse. The speed of the horse will kill the cow. And the strength of the cow will kill the horse. If you, are, if you are going to put a, ho a, a, a horse with another animal, it will not go, it's not going to work. It must be a horse with a horse or a cow with a cow for you to have success, to be able to move together well. Or else one will drag the other and kill the other. That's what happens. The closer you get to the Lord, the more you know that this is a, is a serious thing. Because there are a lot of Christian ladies who don't think that this is serious. There are a lot of Christian guys who don't think that this is serious. Message. Let's read the message version of this. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Message. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light, is light best friends with dark? Have you seen it? Is light best friends with dark? He says that is not partnership. That is war. You are, you are starting a war. A third world war without knowing. The closer you get to God, the more serious this becomes in your eyes. So you don't accept, you, you are not so open. Oh, anybody, anything goes. It's the heart that matters. You will see and you will know. 
where power lies. It will, it will not be easy for you. It's, it's a promise, I tell you. The closer you get to God, the, close, the more you know that his word is very serious. It's not something to joke with. It's not something to reconsider. It's not something to put bats around. Oh, bats. God has said bats. You know, bats. Bats. You are like Batman. You are bats. God says bats. I like him. He's nice. She's nice. She's lovely. She's wonderful. He's not born again, but he's a nice guy. I'll convert him. You get into that. I'll, I'll convert him. I'll take him to church. I'll convert him. Convert and take. Brother, sister, there's nothing like that. Okay? He says, be not unequally yoked. Don't become partners with those who reject God. It's as simple as ABCD. It's as simple as ABCD. There's a blessing, you know, in doing what God says to do. I want to show you something in Genesis. I don't know if you like my message. Genesis chapter... Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if your questions are coming in. <laughs> Other questions coming in? Okay. It means I'm preaching good, isn't it? All right. Um, Genesis chapter 27. Verse 46. Genesis 27, verse 46. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as those which, which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? He says, And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. Now, how did the daughters of Heth come in? If you read in Genesis chapter 26, um, let's read verse 34. Genesis 26, verse 34. And Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Berai, the Hittite, and Bashemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. There were instructions, there were clear instructions that God had laid down. What we are saying now is something God has said a long time ago. You know, when Isaac was ready to get married, when he was ready to have a wife, Abraham told his servant Eliezer to lay his hand on his thigh and swear by the God of heaven that he will not take a wife from the land of Canaan for his son. But he will go back to his father's house to go and bring a, a, a wife to his, for his son. God had given clear instructions concerning the, the, the women of Canaan, the Canaanite women not to have any relation with them, not to marry them at all. And it was something that had been transferred from Abraham to Isaac, you see. And Isaac was transferring it also to his children. But Esau, being a disobedient child, decided that he would marry from the land of Canaan. So he went to marry a Canaanite, and he didn't marry just one, he married two of them. And the Bible says, they were a grief of mine unto Isaac and to Rebekah. So when it was time for Isaac, for Jacob to also marry, 
Rebecca said that. Listen, I don't want, I am weary of my life. Back to Genesis chapter 27, verse 46. And Rebecca said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of that land, what good shall my life do, do me? I don't want him to take a wife out of this place. And Isaac called Jacob, that's the next verse, verse uh, chapter 20, verse 1. And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Have you seen it? Thou shalt not take a, a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethel, my, my, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multiple multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. Have you seen it? The blessing of Abraham came unto Jacob. Meaning that if Jacob had even lost it uh, through the birthright, he could have gained it by marrying rightly, by marrying at the right place. There's a blessing in marrying where God wants you to marry, in marrying who God wants you to marry, in marrying the type of person God wants. This is, the, he's not, this is not specific. He's showing you the type, the group to choose from. There's a group to choose from. He says, choose from believers. Don't choose from unbelievers. Don't choose from Muslims. Don't choose from uh, uh, whatever, from atheists, from Hindus, from this one, from that one. You will have problems. You bring problems to, to yourself and to all those who are around you. This will not be important to you if you are not close to the Lord. It will only be important to you when you are close to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The next thing is, the next thing that's getting close to the Lord, I'm just, this is point number one. And I've said how many things about it. This is, this is the sixth one, okay? The sixth one is that getting close to the Lord helps you with purity. With your purity. Wow. With your what? Your purity. Do you like my message? With your purity. Hallelujah. With your purity. If you are not close to the Lord, God's instructions will mean nothing to you. Fornication will be your, your breakfast, lunch, and supper. You will not have a problem at all with it. You, you will not think twice about it. Meanwhile, God has said so many things. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2. 1 Timothy 5, 2. Okay, let, let me read for verse 1. 1 Timothy 5, from verse 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. He's showing you how to relate with people in the house of God. So out of the believers, he says you should choose from. He's showing you how to treat everybody. He says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren. The elder women as mothers. The younger as sisters with all purity. Have you seen it? The elder women treat them as mothers. The younger women treat them as what? Sisters with all purity. <laughs> Not as sex partners, sexual partners. Not as smooching partners. Not as all kinds of partners. Praise the Lord. He says treat them as what? Sisters, the younger are sisters, with all purity. 
getting closer to the Lord will help you preserve yourself. Brother, if you don't learn to zip up before you get married as a single man, you will not zip up as a married man. It will make it worse. Sister, if you don't learn to seal up and close your legs now that you're single, you will not close your legs when you get married. One of these days, you open your legs to somebody somewhere else and you will be caught and it will bring you problems. I don't know if you like my message. Hmm. Because you see, God warns us about fornication. I don't know if you've, if you've read it in your Bible before. Maybe you've never read it. So let me show it to you. First Corinthians chapter 6. Let me read from verse 15. First Corinthians 6, 15. Treat the younger women as what? As sisters with all purity. Meaning that the younger brothers should be treated as brothers with all purity. We are all brothers and sisters in the system. So he shows you to flow with everybody. You know, keep yourself, preserve yourself. Getting closer to the Lord helps you know how important his word is and shows you that what he has said is something he means. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says, Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. He says, Your body, not your spirit, though. Remember, not your spirit, your body. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? So our bodies, our literal bodies, are literal members of Christ. They shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an of an harlot god forbid verse 16 what know you not that he which is joined to, to an harlot is one body for two seeth he shall be one flesh that is why when you are into having sex with all kinds of people and you are trying to become god you are trying to change you see that sometimes you'll be there and then you just feel like having sex because someone you are joined to somewhere is having sex there you see and if you're if you're you can't be having sex with your with your with some part of your body and some part of your body not be part of it every part of your body is engaging it so as soon as you are you are you, you are sleeping around this one this one this one you are becoming he says that one who is joined to an halot is one body whoever that's that's what that's what brings you see the consummation of marriage is sex what makes us one is the act of sex please you understand for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. That one flesh there is made possible as a result of the sexual intercourse that happens when you get married. Without that, you're actually not married. You must, that's the consummation. That is what brings you together. Without that, you are not one. So if you are not married and you are just having sex all over the place, it shows that there's something wrong. You're actually joined to so many people. And that person who, who, you, who, you are, who you are joined to now is, is also joined to... Maybe he's also been having sex with other people somewhere you don't know. Everybody, everybody is... Everybody, you know... Uh, uh, <laughs> nobody tells you the truth concerning their sexual life when they meet you. They will tell you, oh, you are the only one. You, too, you foolishly agree that the person is the only one and that you are the only one. It's not true. It cannot be true. Whoever that person has slept with is joined to that person. And he's bringing all of them to you. To come and join you. Praise the Lord. What knowing not that he which is joined to an hallowed is one body, for two seeth he shall be one flesh. Next verse, verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 18. Flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. 
is outside the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. This body that you will be used for your resurrection is the same body you are sinning against. Wow. Do you like my message? Yes, Pastor. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing from you. I, I don't know if they are commenting on the page. Are they commenting on the YouTube page? Hey! Plea fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. He says, flee. Flee is not run. Flee is to run and fly at the same time. But he's trying to let you know that this is something you should take very, very seriously. The closer you are to God, the more you think that this is important. You don't flow with the course of this life. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at Ephesians 2 1. Ephesians 2 1. And you has it quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There's a course of this world. It says you, in, you walked in it in time past, but now you are not like that any longer. Do you understand? So you are, not, you are not of this world. Because ladies are shaking their bottoms on Instagram and posting them, themselves nude and you know, showing all the sexual encounters they've had. And all. What, you, what is your business watching those things even? You are, you are destroying your soul. Your righteous soul is being vexed. The Bible says that Lot was his righteous soul was vexed because he saw and heard the things that were, were done in Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, yeah, some songs you have sexy songs in your in your romantic songs on your podcast, on your whatever, on your on your playlist, and you are lying in bed and you are just moving yourself like that, brother. Do not awaken love before it's time. That's the that's honest truth. When you put in garbage, you get garbage out. That's the truth. You can't put in A and expect KO to come out. When you put A in, you get A out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So unless, unless you are not interested in preparing yourself for whoever it is that will be coming. Who? Ah, I don't know. You, you, want, you want a virgin. You want someone who is nice someone who is wonderful in character and everything but you don't want to be nice you want to sleep around and de-virginize others and marry a virgin you want to sleep with all the boys you want to sleep with and marry someone who is innocent how does that work it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that and this it always breaks trust because the kind of because you weren't telling the truth you were sleeping with this person okay then you are sleeping with this one at the same time. And this one at the same time. And all of them knew that you are not sleeping with anybody else apart from them. You are a liar. I don't know if you are. You are a liar. So you will not trust anybody who says it's just you that they are sleeping with. You will know that this person has something somewhere. Flee fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body, but, the, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have, you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in, you, in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. So it helps you with your purity. The Holy Spirit or God helps you with what? With your purity. Getting closer to the Lord helps you with your purity. That's a set thing. The seventh thing is that getting closer to the Lord brings you accurate information on dating and marriage. It brings you accurate information on dating and marriage through books, videos, etc. that you are directed to read by the Lord. It's a long one, but 
That's an important point. It, it helps you, it brings you accurate information on dating and marriage. Through books. There are books that the Holy Spirit will lead you to read this book. Watch this video. Listen to this person on this particular subject. So that you can prepare yourself well. We are, you are preparing yourself. You are in preparation as a, as a single person. Whether you like it or not. You are in preparation. And the Holy Spirit will lead you. God will lead you. Getting closer to him will lead you. Help you be led to books. There are some people who have never read any book on relationship. How did you become a medical doctor? Did you become a medical doctor by, look, by looking to the skies? Did you become a lawyer by looking to the skies? Did you, did you, did you become a, a doctor by loving medicine? No, you don't do that. You, you read. You read some books. You read. You, you got correct information. That helped you become what you are. Or what you are becoming. What makes you think you are not supposed to read certain books, certain good books on relationships? And the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will lead you. There are books that are not correct. So he'll lead you by giving you, bringing you to books that are correct. That will help you. That will help you. There are books that you read that will spoil your view, your, your perception about relationships completely. But the Holy Spirit will lead you to books that are consistent with the way. He'll bring you He'll bring you videos that are consistent with the word of God. So that you don't watch all kinds of foolish things. That will not help you. Because you need, this is the time to gather information. As a single person, this is the time to gather information. Concerning marriage. Concerning how to become a better person. This is the time to gather information. You need all the information you can get. Brother, it is not, it is not, um, it is not child's play. It is a major major decision whoever you're choosing is the one you're going to be having your children with and you know our children bear our genes right so if that person is foolish your children will be foolish your children will tell you that you did them a great disservice by marrying their mother yes or by marrying their father you've had some people saying that about their own to their own mothers and fathers you did me it's a great how come this is my father <laughs> because when they look at the man like this man is crazy how did you how did he propose to you for you to accept? Wow. So it brings you what accurate information on dating and marriage. It's not bad to date. It's not a bad thing. I'm going to talk about all those things as we go on in the in the in the weeks or in the months. Yeah. Okay. Dating is not bad, it's a good thing. But you must do the right thing to make it. Is it Christian dating is different from the other one, the world, the worldly one. It's not the same. And the worldly one is trial and error. Oh, I'm, I'm taking, I'm doing this. The Christian one is different. Okay? And I'm, I'll show you. I'll help you with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Accurate books. Accurate books. Hmm? Accurate information on dating and marriage. Through books and videos, etc. That the Lord will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you to. Then getting to know the Lord... That's the last one. That's the last point on, on getting... The, the last point on the first point. Okay? The first point was get closer to the Lord, isn't it? So it helps you secure your marital life through prayer. Getting close to the Lord helps you secure your marital life through prayer. You need to pray into your marriage, I tell you. There are some ladies I've met who say that, oh, I'm not ready to marry, so I'm not praying about it. Brother, sister, you need to start praying about it. The Holy Spirit will lead you into prayer. He will help you. Secure your marriage. Secure your life. Your marital life. Because people go and don't finish. It starts. It doesn't end. 
Times start terribly. Yeah, people get pregnant and all kinds of things happen. But the Holy Spirit will help you secure your future, your marital future, your marital life, by prompting you to pray at different times. At different times. You bring it to your mind. Pray. Pray about this. Pray about that. Pray about this. Pray about it. Sometimes your families will become a problem in your marriage. As a single person, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you that pray for your family. There are people who become a stumbling block for your marriage. He will tell you, pray for them. Pray for this person. Pray and sort this one out. All of those things are things the Holy Spirit inspires you and brings to your mind. The closer you get to him, the more he brings all these things to your mind. Hallelujah. So that's point number one. Let's go to point number two. I'll just do it for some two minutes and then we'll, ask, we'll answer some questions. And then we'll close for today. And then pick it up again later on in Jesus' name. Number two, make yourself friendly. Make yourself friendly. Okay, how to, the subject is how to prepare yourself to choose or to be chosen. Point number one is get closer to the Lord. And I've showed you other points under it. Point number two is make yourself friendly. Make yourself friendly. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24. Make yourself friendly. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that stick it closer than a brother. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. So make yourself friendly. You see, because you actually marry someone who's your friend. You, ma- you marry a friend. You don't marry uh, an alien. Whoever you marry becomes your friend. You know, it, it's your friend before you get married. I don't know if you understand. Uh-huh. Now, if you are going to be chosen, or you, you are going to choose rightly, you can only choose someone who is friends with you. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. So you must become friendly. Don't do your face like Chuck Norris's grandfather. And expect for someone to come close. You are a lady, you, you are not into smiling. You are not nice. You are not a nice person. How do you say Hunimubon in English? Your nose is smelling for you. <laughs> Make yourself friendly. Become a friend. Become nice to people. Do you see? Make yourself friendly. Have a pool of friends. Okay? Have a pool of friends. Oh, let's be friends. Who are your friends? What kind of friends do you have? I'm talking about making friends op- with the opposite sex, not with your female friends. I'm, I'm not talking about boys, boys, or girls, girls. As for boys, boys, and girls, girls, you've been doing it all this while since you were born. You've been, we were all raised to think of the gender in which we are. I'm a lady, so I flow with the ladies. I'm a guy, so I flow with the guys. That one is not a problem, but I'm talking about becoming friends, making yourself friendly for guys to be able to come around you. Because if a guy cannot come close to come and learn what type of a person you are, then what business does the person have in choosing you? Or what business do you have in choosing the other person? In, choosing, in saying yes to that guy who is not a friend. All those who marry people who are not, are, not, are not friends with them end up having problems. You only marry someone who is a friend. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. So make sure yourself friendly. Be nice. Be nice to people. Your small kindness is not just your beauty. Don't spend all your time 
with, you know, getting lipstick on, doing your hair in a certain way, and not, you are going to be attracting the wrong kind of crowd. They will be coming in not because of who you are, but because of your body. Don't spend all your, all your time in the gym, gymming like that. You know, get to, trying to get big bottoms, trying to get a certain kind of size. Those things do not last. Your body type will not stay forever. Yeah, when you get married, familiarity is what comes in. You become familiar with each other. Before long, you see that your stomach is just increasing like that. Your weight, and nobody really cares. Do you care about your wife's shape? I mean, nobody really cares about that much. It's there, but it's not something you look at so much. We look at what type of a person you are. Show yourself friendly. Bishop Dan's wife will tell you. Bishop Dan will say that he married his wife because when he visited her, she had wisdom to cook. He, she, he, he, was very, he was very hungry, but he didn't say anything. And the lady decided that, oh, I, I, I want to. She perceived that this guy is hungry. So she cooked something, not because they were in a relationship or anything. Or they, were just, they, are just, they are just friends. She's just a friend. She's just a friend. She's just a nice person. So she cooked something and gave him some and ate some and gave some to her roommate. Yeah, and they all ate. Oh, let's just eat. He, he, she realized, she perceived that this young man is hungry. And she just cooked some nice food. And the guy ate it. When Bishop Dag, Bishop Dag, when he ate it, when he saw what the lady, his heart just went for the lady. That was it. That was it. He started pursuing her, praying about her, that, Lord, this is, this, is, this is what I've got. What do you think? Yeah. And, and they've been married for 30 years. This is their 31st year. Yes, of marriage. You see. So you are not friendly. You always want for people to buy things for you. Do you understand? Like, a friend is someone who shares with you. Someone who is kind and nice. Someone who is ready to go a certain mile for you. No conditions. You want us to buy the pizza all the time. Why can't you also buy the pizza so that we all eat? Why, just can't, why can't you just be nice? Do you like my message or you don't like? Show yourself friendly, okay? Show yourself what? Friendly. Show yourself friendly. Show yourself friendly. Don't only think about your body, okay? How you are looking. What dresses you are going to wear. The dresses will bring them close. They will come. But when they come, they will check whether you are a friend, whether you are somebody they can flow with. No, I, I don't know why. I don't know the wisdom behind guys who would uh, marry somebody they don't know much. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Marry someone you know. Yeah, some a lot of ladies reject guys because they say that oh he's he's just he's just my friend. What what else do you want? What what do you want? I I honestly don't understand. Will you marry an enemy, or will you marry somebody who is just there? No, you marry a friend. You marry a friend, someone you can laugh with. Someone you can joke with without having to become so cautious of your environment, so tensed. Someone you can, you can play around with, you can joke with, you can share with, you can talk about everything and nothing because after all is said and done, it's your communication that makes all the difference. Your communication makes all the difference. So if you are going to I, I remember sharing, you know, when I was talking about um, 
five considerations before you marry. I mentioned that you must marry somebody who is a friend, isn't it? Yeah, you might be someone who is a friend. If you're going to marry someone who is a friend, then you yourself must become friendly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to show you some more around the, along this line. Um, show yourself friendly. Tell anybody about show yourself friendly. Or sh- tell yourself, show yourself friendly. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17. Verse 17. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Have you seen it? A friend loveth what? At all times. At all times. Be loving. Be nice. And know how to befriend the opposite sex. Remember, he says that treat all of them with purity. Okay? As sisters, with all purity. So it's not touching. It's not... Uh, we are friends. Oh, then you, you, you scrub the breasts. Or you hit the bottle, the bottom. That's flirting. You are not friends. You are only interested in your bodies. You are not. Yet. Friendship has to do with the soul. Getting to know each other. He says a friend loveth at all times. He's talk, the Bible says that uh, uh, Jonathan loved David more than his own soul. It's solical. You see, it's brotherly love. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Yeah. You love each other. You love all these people. You are nice to them. You are kind to them. You can call and find out, oh, how are you doing? What's going on with you? I hope everything is fine. I mean, if you're able to call a, 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 a young man like that and ask him, oh, how are you doing? What's going on? I hope everything is okay. Well, the person's heart will just go in a certain way. Yeah. You were very, you were, you were a candidate. I tell you, you were a candidate. You were a huge candidate. When the time comes and he's praying, he'll pray about you. Yeah. He will think about you in a certain way. Yeah, he will think about you in a certain way. If you're a guy, you're able to call a lady. It's not because you want sex. What is sex? Charlie, father, it's like you go have sex, or you'll be tired, though. You will have sex, or you'll be tired. When you get married, you will have sex, or you'll be tired. I tell you, morning after evening, morning. If I counsel you, if I'm counseling you and I'm telling you about sex, Charlie, I remember I was counseling some people and I told the lady, oh, at least this number of times a day. She said, hey, I said, why not? <laughs> Why not? You are looking for sex, so you have sex. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Proverbs 19.6. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. So, if you are a friend... You must like do things for people without expecting anything back. No conditions. You see, no conditions. You are just a friend. We are just friends. And when we say, you see, sometimes we say in church that, oh, be friends. Get get to know. Get, the, what you think is, is not what we are actually saying you should do. We say just be friends. Oh, just be nice to the person. Just flow with each other. You start giving the person, the guy starts giving the ladies unnecessary pressure. Just before you, you, you became a friend, you weren't calling at all. In one week, you have called 70 times. 
you are annoying. You are not a friend. You are a friend that has an ulterior motive behind. It is so clear that you have a motive. You have a burning vision. You want to do something. You want to say something. And any smart lady will know that there's something wrong. There's something going on. Yeah, they'll catch you very right now. They'll see, ah, there's something going on. Just be, just be friends. Just be nice. Okay? And don't, don't start friendship uh, a month before you propose. Like, a month before you propose. No, let's just be friends for some time. Let's go for six months. Let's just talk about everything and nothing. Then when you see that you are flowing and flowing and flowing, you know that, hey, Charlie, things, things can work. Don't just start off. As soon as you start off, Monday, you've called three. Oh, how are you? How are you doing? In the morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I hope everything is fine. Wow, it's good to hear your voice this morning. Wow. God bless you. We'll, take again. we'll talk again soon. Then in the afternoon, one o'clock, you call again. Oh, good afternoon, my dear. How are you? I hope everything is fine. So what are you doing right now? Then she'll say, well, I'm eating lunch. Okay. I'm also eating lunch. Wow. I hope it's nice. These are foolish conversations that will not end up in any, <laughs> it, will not, it will not end up bringing any good. You, you become annoying. You become annoying. By Friday, you are asking whether you are, you are asking the person whether the person has grabbed. What are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? That is foolishness. Hmm? That is serious foolishness. Wow. I want to show you some scriptures, but you see. So try. Don't just relax and have friends. Have a pool of friends. Friends of ladies, friends of guys that you can relate with and talk with. Okay? Without being suspicious like you are. And, and some ladies will say, uh, you, you see, friendship has its own boundaries. Okay? For instance, if a guy says, I want to be friends with you, and you're friends, now you're friends, oh, you can be my friend. And then, in the morning, he calls you. In the evening, he buys you pizza. The following day, he tells you that I'm taking you out to uh, uh, to uh, um, coffee lounge for for some coffee in the morning and then you know takes you to uh, what a vida, vida vida cafe for some burgers and this thing in the afternoon for one week or a month he's consistently doing this buying you so many gifts birthday is coming he's preparing he's buying cake he's organizing this one he's doing this one he's doing this one what makes you think that he's just a friend He's not trying to be just a friend because you see if you've noticed, your even your female friends do not do that. And your old male friends do not do that. You should know that there's something wrong. There's something he's looking for. You have about four of them like that around you, and you call all of them friends. Sister, you are just chopping your money. One day you will be you it will find you out and you'll be in trouble. You understand? Don't say that, oh, you, they are just friends. You are chopping their money. No, there's general friendship. We buy gifts every now and then. We'll do something nice for you every now and then. Ah, oh, am I lying? Yes, That's how it is. 
But if consistently, and you are also making requests, you want credits, and you call, oh, I want credits, oh, then the person will buy the, the, the data. Oh, I want this. The person will do it. Within a month, two, three, he's doing all of these things. Then he comes to propose to you, and then you tell him that, oh, I thought we were just friends. Or I'm not ready. What do you mean by you're not ready? After accepting all these things. No, 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 no. There's something wrong. So be, be smart when be smart when it comes down with these things, okay? Don't behave. It says, I wrote here, don't say yes to many now and disappoint them later. Clearly define your friendships. Friendship must be clearly defined. We are just friends. If the person is buying you gifts unnecessarily, call him and sit him there and ask him, brother, what is going on? I'm seeing all these things. We are just friends, though. So I don't want you to waste your money on me because you may, the chances of you getting uh, a, a return on your investments is very low because I'm actually not interested in you like that. Yeah. Are you, we are just friends. Yeah. So if we are buying, when you notice that they are buying things, I mean, someone can buy you a phone of a thousand Ghana, of two thousand Ghana, three thousand Ghana, and you still say, you say that we are just friends. I don't remember any of my friends buying me a phone, an iPhone 11 Pro. None of them have done that. They do what they can. It's not by force. Those things are done when we are on a certain level. Now we have accepted that we are together and some investments can come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't be sitting there and receiving. You have done yourself. It's like you're a fine chick. So you are just collecting from here and from here and from here and from here. You are collecting from five people. One of them may kill you. I've seen someone dying because of some of these things. Because a guy could not bet when the lady said no. He slaughtered her, sharp cry, and got arrested himself. Yeah. So be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Clearly define your friendships. Okay? Clearly define your friendships. Don't, don't uh, uh, be taking gifts so much from, from someone and then say to the person after three months that, oh, I'm actually not interested in you. We are just friends. What do you mean by that? Is this how friendship is? That has gone beyond friendship. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our time is fast spent. Let me end here. We'll, we'll, we'll continue probably next week. You never know. I'll call for another meeting and then we'll have a very nice chat along some of these lines. And then we'll continue. I have about eight points for you concerning how to prepare yourself to choose or to be chosen. Okay? So I've just given you two points for now. Your questions can come in. I know you have some questions coming in. You forwarded them to me. My phone is not on. So let me just um, get it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, um, I think I have them now. Um, this one says, God bless you, Pastor, for this timely message. Pastor, please, oh, my question is that for some of us, we were given some prophecies concerning our spouses when we were growing up. We are told that, oh, you will marry a doctor, a politician, a white man, or woman. <laughs> and the person is laughing, eh? Etc. My problem is that when we meet people we really want to marry, who don't fall into those prophetic categories? We get confused. What should we do? Should we forget about those prophecies and date whoever we want to date? There's a woman who is 60 now, who was prophesied to when she was 20, that she will marry a white man. And is not married to date. She, has not, she never got married because she was, she was waiting for a white man. There was a man who came her way, very wonderful man. This is a true story. If it were a false story, I would have told you. There was a man who came her way when she was around 32. It was so clear that this, was, this is your husband. 
But she said that prophecy that she received, because of that prophecy, she's holding on to it. She's 60 now. Brother, prophets see in part. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read from verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Whatever prophecy they can give to you is a prophecy in part. They know in part. They don't know everything. Do you understand? So don't make that mistake of defining color. Like, as for me, I'm marrying a white man. You have a problem. The Bible never said marry a white, a white man or a white woman or uh, 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 someone from, from Mexico or Venezuela. The Bible never said that. When I was younger, I wanted to marry somebody who was from Venezuela. Do you know why? There was a preacher who came to come and preach in our church, and his wife was Venezuelan, and she was pretty. Man, when I saw her, I said no. It was myself and my friend. We decided that we would marry Venezuelans. Yeah, it, it almost became a prophetic direction. It's like a vision that we had. We are all married to black, beautiful, Ghanaian ladies. And we are happy. So don't get into that particular flow. You, you will find, you put yourself into plenty of problems that uh, will not help you at all. Okay? So choose as God leads you. Not as a prophet tells you. The prophet is not the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by prophets. So a prophet's word should never be the last thing in your life. The last point of call. The, 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 the influence, the voice of influence that will make you do whatever you're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit's voice is, should be the only voice that you have in your life. Hallelujah. Confirmed by prophets. Not the other way around. Okay? Then Emmanuel from Ho says... Good evening, Pastor. Please, my question is, is there anything like soulmate? Is it that there's only one person out there for you, or God will bring around different people for you to make a choice out of? Thank you. Brother, there's nothing like this is the only person for you. What if the person dies? A year after you get married? Because it happens. What are you going to do? Does it mean that you're not going to marry again? Emphatically not. You'll be surprised that you forget about the person and you remarry. So there's nothing like, this is the only person for me. There's nothing like that. Okay? There's nothing like that. There are a number of people. That's why men are not attracted to one person. Okay? An average man is attracted to seven ladies. Yes. Amazingly. Okay? But then you make a choice and stay with one. So it's a choice that you make by the help of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like, this is the one God has created from heaven for me. Someone will say, my missing rib is with this one. And if this one, if I don't get this one, it's finished. There's nothing like that, brother. There's nothing like that. Okay? There's nothing like that. So, in the scriptures, you, you don't see that. You don't see that being, being um, communicated. He says, whosoever findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. He lets you, it's like, it's, some, it's someone you find. He says, he findeth a good thing and obtain a favor from the Lord. Okay, Paul said that. Let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. From verse 1. 1 Corinthians 7, 1. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. He didn't say, it is good for a man not to touch a particular woman. No. It's generic. You can marry anybody. Have you seen it? Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, 
Let every man have his own wife. Choose a wife and stay with a wife. And let every woman have her own husband. Choose a husband and stay with her husband. Have you, have you seen it? So there's nothing like, oh, this is the only one for me. Delete that out of your mind. It's not true. If you like marry and die and see, marry the one who is chosen from God for you since the foundations of the earth. And die. Intentionally die and see. You'll be surprised. Hallelujah. So there's nothing like that, okay? Then this one says, um, Pastor, what about a Sunday church goer dating an Adventist? Pastor, what about a Sunday church goer dating an Adventist? Someone who goes to church on Sundays and is dating someone who goes to church on Saturdays. Well, you marry someone who, you see, apart from um, marrying someone who is a believer, you marry someone who believes like you do. Because there are different there are different things that uh, different people believe in the body of Christ. I don't know if you get it, because that can also create problems. For instance, you marry somebody who does not believe in speaking in tongues and does not like speaking in tongues, you will have a certain type of fight to fight for a long time. Okay. You marry someone who doesn't like going to church. He's a Christian, but he doesn't believe in going to church every time. Or he doesn't believe in going to church frequently. He believes in going to church once every month, once every year. Only on 31st. You are in trouble. You'll be happy, but not fully happy. So watch those, watch those lines as well. And this is one of them. Okay? It's not supposed to be a problem. But then, you follow, if you have a guy, your, your wife is supposed to follow you wherever you go. Scripturally speaking. Where you go, there will I go. You can't be here and your wife be here. Okay? There are certain circumstances that changes a few things for instance if a pastor a lady pastor is in our church and is married to somebody else who is in another church the lady pastor has to stay and serve as a pastor in the church where she has been she has been appointed as a pastor do you get it yeah. and the husband can choose to join or be wherever he or she wants and it's one of the things that major things that needs to be discussed before you can flow hallelujah yeah so it, it will create problems it will it will it will create problems if you discuss it and talk about it and pray about it and you realize it's not going to be a problem, then you can go ahead. There's nothing wrong. But if you notice that that is going to be a problem for you, brother, sister, I advise that you, you advise yourself, okay? We've had a number of questions coming in. And then this one is from... Um, it says, good evening, Pastor Tim. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Please, ma'am, Emmanuel... And will will want to find out if there's hope for someone like me who has already fornicated and is an addict to porn and masturbating. I want to know if it's possible to get married even after all this damage I have done to my body. And can I give birth to? Oh, why, who said you can't give birth? The the. The sperms are is something that is produced every 72 hours in a man, biologically speaking. So there's nothing like you can't give birth. You can. It's not a problem at all. And definitely you can be forgiven. Whatever it is that has happened in time past is always in the past. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So all old things are passed away. If you are not born again, then you need to become born again. If you are born again and you messed up or you lost your way, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we sin and we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. 
Hallelujah. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he also says that, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And he says, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So the Holy Spirit, God is interested in forgiving you and helping you not continue in foolishness. So confess your sins today. Okay? And when you confess your sins today, receive forgiveness for yourself. Because actually you have been forgiven. In, in the eyes of God, you have been forgiven. Forgiveness is a package that, has, that is part of salvation that is there for you. What you need to do is appropriate it for yourself. And walk the way God has designed for you to walk. Because grace does two things. Grace forgives you. And grace empowers you to not go in the light you were going before. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. Grace is not forgiving you. And then you going on in the light you are going on and seeing that, oh, I'll be forgiven, I'll be forgiven. That's not, that's not grace. Because Titus chapter 1, verse 11. Look at Titus 2.11, rather. Titus 2.11. I don't know if I'm answering you well. It is for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us, next verse. Teaching us the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Have you seen it? It says that the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. So whatever you did or whatever you've done is something that God does not approve of, but has provided forgiveness for you. Appropriate that forgiveness yourself by confessing what you did. Father, I just watched porn and masturbated. I ask that you forgive me and cleanse me for all unrighteousness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And I receive grace to live the way you have designed for me to live. I receive grace, strength to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Next verse, verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So don't let what you did in time pass. Even if you committed 75 abortions, you still have a child. Okay? Confess your sin. God will forgive you. Just don't continue along that line. Then you, you, you make the grace of God vain in your life. You, see? you frustrate the grace of God in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then, um, there's more. This one says, um, is that choosing only restricted to the church you belong? Say, love economy. What of a believer outside the church? You can choose a believer outside the church. There's nothing wrong with it. We have a number of people who have married outside of the church, outside of love economy church. Okay? So there's no law, there's no rule that don't marry outside the church. You can marry outside the church, outside love economy church to another person. Okay? All you need to do is to make sure the person believes like you believe. So that you not get into a place where you can't function as you're supposed to. That is all we talk about. We never said that you can't marry someone outside of the church. You can. You can. I think I blessed one not long ago even. The person married somebody who was not in church. And it's, it's, it's powerful. There are people who go and there are people who come as well. However, it is preferred because you have the same head. For instance, if you're a lady and you're marrying someone outside of the church who is not active in his church and does not have a certain oversight over him in his church, there's nobody in his church who can advise him. 
and who can tell him to stop. His pastor does not have a certain kind of influence like we do in Lab Economy Church. In Lab Economy Church, I mean, you have somebody, if you are really serious and then you are in the church, you have some, a pastor or a leader who has a say in your life. Do you see? And can say that, hey, my friend, what you are doing is wrong. So you are, you are safer along that line. Normally, when you marry somebody outside of the church, who is not, remember, you can marry anybody outside of the church, but whoever you marry outside of the church should have, should be under authority, should have a human influence in his or her life who can correct and direct him so that when you have trouble, you will have someone you can refer to. I sat with a woman who has been married for, for four years. Okay? And the husband is in another church. And she's also in another church. She was crying profusely. They've been married for four years. They have a child who is three years old. She was crying out with, with all of her heart. You know? And I was encouraging her and talking to her. Because she submits to me. So I was encouraging to her. I was encouraging her, helping her, and all of that. But then the problem was such that someone needed to talk to the husband, and the husband would not talk to me because he doesn't think I'm somebody he can talk to. He doesn't think I am something in his life and can say something for him to change. So I asked her, what about his pastors? Then she said, if I should tell his pastors, he will kill me. That, that is what she said. He will kill me. Then I said, then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. You are left with only prayer. Prayer is important. Very powerful. It causes changes. It can do anything. But sometimes it's faster when another person, a human person, can just say to the person, brother, change this thing. If I hear about it again, you're in trouble. So these are some of the things we look at when we talk about some of these things. But it doesn't mean that you can't marry somebody outside the church. Marry somebody. We have a, one, of our, one of my wonderful ladies that was raised in this church very powerfully. Married a, a pastor from Lighthouse Church. Okay? Lighthouse Chapel. They are, in, they are in Canada right now. They are pastoring a church. I've never had even a single uh, challenge. They've been married for about six years. I bless their marriage six years ago. They've, I've never had a problem like this. And I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to hear any. Because he marries someone who is under authority. So if he's fooling around, she has someone she can report him to. For everything to be fine. And they're okay. I've never had any problem. I had another lady marrying someone who is in Methodist or so. Yeah, Methodist. They've, I've never had any report from them at all. They have three kids now. I've never had any problem, reports or anything like that from them. Everything is fine. If there's a problem, the lady knows who to go to. The guy submits to somebody. So, and all these are ladies who have married outside the church. I'm not sure we had a guy marrying into the church yet. I'm not sure we had that. Most of the guys who have married in church, God married to people who are in church. Hallelujah. No mind, the ladies may have to cross because the guys in the church may not be enough for you. Stoics, hallelujah. Yeah. Then this one says, please, does long distance relationship spoil the relationship? It has it comes with its own basket of problems. Yes, long distance. Um, it depends on how long the long distance is. Okay. Um, it's possible, it can work, but then when as soon as you get married. That long distance must change to become short distance. We must be together. Please, you understand? There's a lady around who has been married for four years. And has, she, she was with her husband for one week when they got married. And has not seen her husband after that one, that one week. Because her husband has gone to UK. And in the name of I'm working on papers and all of that. 
Four years has come, and she's frustrated. She wants to divorce. Because long distance is not, it's not good enough. When you get married. Before marriage, fine, you can make it work. But as soon as you get married, wherever the person is, work on the things before you even get married. And move as you're supposed to. Okay? I don't know how you, you start having sex with your husband, and your husband will travel for five years. What are you going to be doing? Now that you have popped the cherry, you, what do you want us to do? Hallelujah. <laughs> so, long-distance relationships are powerful. It can work, and it does work. We've had a number of them that have worked. Okay? But as soon as you get married, you have to shorten it. It has to become short distance. Live together and be happy together. Hallelujah. Sometimes it spoils the relationship. Sometimes when the person travels, it's just phone, phone communication, phone conversation. If you are not strong enough, the marriage may not the relationship may not continue into marriage. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then this one says, I'm getting a lot of questions coming in. This one says, uh, Pastor, is it compulsory to marry someone from the church or you can still marry a Christian who is serious and mature in Christ from another church? I think I just answered that, isn't it? And I answered it in the affirmative that you can. You even qualified it. That's very powerful. You said, you said that, is it, Pastor, is it compulsory to marry someone from the church or you can marry, still marry a Christian who is serious and mature in Christ from another church? You can. For instance, just about uh, six months ago, I sat um, in one of our churches with a young man from another church who is coming to marry someone from our church. A beautiful lady from our church. Okay. And he's committed where he is. I'm in touch with his pastor. And his pastor is saying so many nice things about him. And pastors don't lie. So I'm assured that I can hand over my daughter to him. And everything will be fine. And I'm ready and willing to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. No matter what level you are on. If you're a pastor, the only challenge is that we'll have to discuss the, the, that particular clause that I mentioned. Which is for just female pastors. I don't know if you get it. Not male pastors. That's why we are careful in making a female a pastor. When we are coming in, we ask you some questions, you know. Hallelujah. Okay. Then this one says, um, Pastor, please, what's your take on accepting a guy's proposal when he's younger than you as a lady? Bishop, that's wife is older than he is. My godfather's, my godfather, the one, the one who my parents handed me over to, when you know godparents, is, the wife is older than him for about three years or so. It's a matter of maturity, not a matter of age. Okay? It's, it's a matter of maturity, not a matter of age. My wife is slightly older than I am. Pastor Kobe's wife is older than he is. There's nothing wrong. It's maturity. It's not even if I don't tell you, you never know. You never know. Okay? There's, not, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. However, if the age gap is very wide, maybe six years or seven years, then there might be a problem. Okay, because of maturity issues. But if the person is matured in his thinking, he can you can marry. The person can marry you. There's nothing wrong. You will not see, will not see age by you when you're moving around. There's nothing like that. Okay, and we had a number of people who um, they are famous bishops in this country. I don't want to mention their names. Whose wives are two years, three years, four years, they've been older than they are, and they've been married for years. They've had children. They've been married for thirty years, thirty-five years, and all of that. Everything is right. That's what, I mean, some guys want matured ladies. They don't want someone who is so small, so young, and so foolish. They want someone who's gone through the processes and is matured. 
and can think well for themselves. So um, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't go about mentioning your age, do you? No, nobody does that. You don't go about mentioning your age. How? Hi, I'm Kobe. I'm 30 years old. You don't do that. My wife is uh, 35. There's nothing like that. The French president's wife is way older than he is. Way older. I think the wife was, her, was his school teacher. Was his teacher when he was in secondary school. And he grew up to come and marry her. Can you imagine? So there's nothing wrong. So long as you're happy, you can marry her. Okay? And so long as you have understanding, you understand each other, you can flow with each other. And that's one of the complaints we get amongst us. Some of the ladies say, oh, I'm older than almost all the guys in the church. Check and see. Check again. If you are matured, mentally speaking, matured spiritually speaking, nothing prevents you from getting married. Okay? This one says, Pastor, please, um, I learned if you had, as you had sex with someone, it changes your soul. Is that true? It changes your soul how? Your soul is your soul. It changes, it changes um, your, your, that's, that's, I just read, I read that for you while I was talking. It has something to do with your body. You destroy your body. Okay? You are marrying your body for resurrection. He says it affects your body. Is that he was actually talking about your resurrected body? That's what he's talking about. Okay? I know you've had so much, so much, so much, so probably that's what you're thinking about. I don't know how it destroys you. I don't know. I've, I honestly don't have any scriptures with that. They are soul ties, of course, but it doesn't destroy your soul. Please, you understand? Uh, there's an insect flying around. Come on, bye. <laughs> Then this one says, hello, Pastor. Please, what about a friend who goes a step further to say he likes you, but doesn't communicate with you when you are away, but talks to you when you, are only, when you only meet in church? <laughs> Think about it again. If the person is in love with you, the person will talk to you more and more. I'm sure. You, you, okay, it's a lady who is asking this question. Please, what about a friend who goes a step further to say he likes you, but doesn't communicate with you when you are in church, but talks to you when you only meet in church? Not correct. If he likes you, it means you have to talk to your pastors. If he like, if Jesus likes you and you have responded in the affirmative, then a relationship is ensuing. Your pastors must know about it, and you must be counselled concerning how to go in the relationship. Maybe he doesn't know he's supposed to be calling you. I don't know how he doesn't know, but <laughs> maybe he doesn't know, and he needs to be spoken to. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. <laughs> So he needs to be, you know, he needs to be spoken to, okay, so that you can make up your mind concerning going with him or not going with him. If he's really interested, then there are some things he's supposed to say. I'll talk about some of those things as we go ahead. Hallelujah. In case you're a Christian, in case you are in a Christian date already, is it okay to back off if there are red lights? What are the possible things that should be considered as red lights? Well. If there are red lights, so long as there's, a, there's no ring, you've not put a ring on your finger, that is due. So long as you're not married, you can always back out. Even two weeks to the marriage. If you're not comfortable, you can get out. Counseling does not mean you are married. Marriage counseling is a test to check whether you can, your souls can gel and whether you can be fine. In counseling, a lot of things come up. And if we see that, sometimes we comment on people not to marry. 
I told some people not to marry. They got married and they are having problems after date. Yeah. So counseling shows, brings those things up to let us know whether you are compatible or not. So if there are red lights now, you just started a relationship, there are red lights. Uh, you were asking what constitutes red lights. Probably he's always touching you. He always wants to have sex with you. That's a red light. Okay? He's not minding you. He's not communicating with you. He doesn't call you. He has trust issues. He's beating you. That's, that's a no, 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 no. That's a big red light. He's beating. Nobody's supposed to beat anybody. <laughs> Whether the lady beating the guy or the guy beating. There shouldn't be any form of beating in a relationship. I don't know if your mother beat you at this stage of your life. Why should someone stand from somewhere come to come and come and beat you? No, it's, it's too much nonsense. So please, there shouldn't be any form of beating. That's a big red light. Or maybe he's cheating all over the place. He's sleeping this one, this one, this one. You are catching him. Don't say that to him. Love covers a multitude of sins. Now that you're not married, you are seeing these things. You'll be surprised at what will happen when you get married. He will take you for nothing. He will disrespect you and bring someone on your matrimonial bed. Someone said matrimonial. <laughs> Hallelujah. So those are red lights, okay? Good evening, Pastor. Is it okay to want to be alone? As in you don't want to get married. There's nothing wrong with it. Matthew chapter 19, let me show it to you. There are those who are born eunuchs. They don't marry. Matthew 19, let's read from verse 10. His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, All men cannot receive the same, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So there are some who were born eunuchs from their mother's womb. So maybe you are one of those people who was born an eunuch, not because your heart, you've been hurt by somebody. If you've been hurt by somebody and all of that, you should know that you have, you have a probability of being in love. It's just hurt that has brought you into this state. It's just you are just in a better state. You need to be counseled to become better so that you can renew yourself and get into a better relationship. So if it's like that, then you need to be counseled. But if it is such that you are not attracted to ladies or you are not attracted to guys, you don't have any, you are, you know, you, you are not interested in all this marriage thing. Brother, sister, you can remain unmarried. Someone says it's a waste of resources. But God says, you know, there are those, he says, there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, okay? And there are some which are made eunuchs by other men. And there are eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. For instance, Jesus made himself an eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He didn't marry. Paul made himself an eunuch for the kingdom of God's sake. He didn't marry. Okay? So that is there. Then, this one says, if a lady was in a relationship for years with someone who loves and honors God, but after some time, she felt that she shouldn't be with him anymore without him doing anything wrong. What should she do? The more she prays about it, the more convinced she is that she should leave him and be single for now. It is confusing because there's absolutely nothing wrong with a young man. What should she do? Like I said, the Holy Spirit leads you. Talk to your pastor as well, okay? But apart from that, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Like you said, you are praying and you are not getting the go-ahead. Paul said, says, I perceive that this journey will be with much hurt, not only to the laden, but also to our lives. Maybe you are perceiving that you are not supposed to go forward with this particular relationship. There's absolutely nothing wrong. You may not have a reason, 
you just know. Like Paul said, Paul did not have any physical reason because the skies were clear. There were no clouds in the sky that showed that it was going to rain. Not knowing a big storm was going to come called the Euroclidon that was going to destroy their ship. Almost all of them died. There was no sign because everything was fine. Twelve mentions that the, the, let's read it, probably we should read it. The winds were blowing peacefully. Everything was fine. But Paul said that, says, I perceive. That was Acts chapter 27, if you remember. Acts chapter 27, verse 10. And Paul said, and he said unto them, says, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Verse 11. Verse 12. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to finish, and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. Next verse. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing thence, they sailed close to Crete. So the south wind was blowing softly. Everything was nice. That is, but no, not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euroclidon. Next verse. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. The, the wind was so boisterous that they could not control the radar anymore, the ship anymore. They had to just leave the, leave the ship for the ship to drive itself. But initially, the, heavens, the heaven was nice. The south wind was blowing softly. Everything was fine. But he, Paul said, says, I perceive. So as we are praying and you are realizing that there's something wrong, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to go with this person. Sister, don't go. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. And talk to your pastor, like I said, okay? Let your pastor know about it. Your pastor will help you to know what exactly to do. Pastor, please, is it good to first make your intentions known to the person before you both agree to just take it as friends or you should just go as a friend? Just go as a friend, please. Don't just come and come and say, I like you, but I want to be your friend. What, then what is the purpose? It's you have spoiled the friendship. The friendship cannot work. It's too much pressure. When the person sees you coming around, the person knows why you are coming. And it's too much. Just be friends and flow. Go for months. Even, even years, if you're supposed to. Just go. Just flow with the person. Just flow with the person. Then at the right time, when you're prompted by the Holy Spirit, you tell the person that if you see me around like that, it's not because I just want to be a friend. I'm really interested in you. And I want to marry you and for you to be with me for the rest of my life. And listen to what the person will say. Okay? Whatever the person says to you should not destroy your friendship. If the person says no, then you, then you retreat immediately. It's finished. You remove all your pegs. <laughs> and remove all your... You are just going. It's finished. We, are not, we have moved all your tools. We are not working here anymore. We are going to another place. The person becomes public enemy number one. That is, you are a bad friend. So even if the person says no, let the friendship continue. It's, it's nice. We are just friends. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay? Don't start insulting the person. You don't have wisdom. Can you get a man like me to marry? Can you get a lady like me to marry? You don't respect me. I've humbled myself. I've humbled. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. I've humbled myself to kind of propose to someone as poor as you. You are telling me no. You see where power lies. You see me and you, you ferry. How do you say? Yeah. Yeah. 
You see me shy. You don't, don't say those things, okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just don't make your intentions known. Just flow with a person. Flow with a person for months. All those of you who flow with somebody for a week and propose, there's something wrong with your brain if you don't know. I'm telling you. <laughs> All those of you who flow with somebody a month, two, and then you come and propose, there's something wrong. Let it go for some time, at least three months. Continue. Let it go for some time. And then you can talk to the person and get to know. You know, the friendship is to get to know the person without any pretense. Because as soon as you make your intentions known, pretense come up. Everybody becomes cautious. You don't let your guard down. So you may not get to know some things. But when you're just friends, you're just flowing. You're just allowing the person to talk and just be normal around you. You know what you're feeling for the person, but then just flow. Okay? So that you can get to know gather more information concerning the person before you step up. Find information. There are several things you need to find out from the person. Find out if you are all going along the same vision. Find out if your souls can gel, whether you can flow well. Find out if your, 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 the person is willing and ready to you know, be in a certain place or all of those things. Just as you talk, things come up. Find out the person's desires, what the person wants and all of that. Okay? And see if that's what you also want. Hallelujah. Good evening. Please. My question is, is it right to marry someone who's already married to another person uh, purposely for USA papers? The person they are married to is their cousin, so it's strictly for papers. Well, we've seen things go wrong with some of these things. Okay? We've seen some of these things happening to people, and it's brought plenty of problems to them. Okay, and uh, there's a better way to go about it. There's a better way to go about it. Okay, there's a better way to go about it. Some of these questions um, um, are crucial. We have, we have churches abroad, and it's one of the things that comes up when some of our people who have stayed there for some time want to get permanent papers, you know, and uh, they end up marrying people they are not in love with. Or marrying people on paper and uh, it becomes a problem divorcing them and all of that I don't know why you want to have that as your the precedence for your life but um, pray to God talk to the Lord and see what the Lord will tell you the Lord tells you to go ahead fine don't pray with a prejudiced mind pray with an open mind and allow God to speak to you see if this is something that is good for you to do okay I know someone who has done some. The person is fine now. I know some who have also done some and they are not fine. So, talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Is it okay to push off potential relationship when they are not financially ready for one? Is it okay to push off a potential relationship when they are not financially ready for one? What do you mean by financially ready for a relationship? Because there's no financial obligations in a relationship. It's just a relationship. We're in a relationship. And we are preparing towards marriage. So, if you ask, if probably what you're trying to say is, uh, is, it, is it okay to push off a potential um, relationship leading into a marriage when they are not financially ready for a marriage? For marriage, probably that's what you're trying to say. If it's like that, um, it's something I mentioned. One of the things that I'll talk about. But let me just pick it up right now. Finances are very important. 
I mean, money is very important. We don't. We are not going to eat water or eat prayers. We are going to eat food, and it has. You need to get money for food. Now, financial qualification is in levels. Is in classes, depending on what you are looking out for. Someone may qualify as financially fit to marry you, or financially unfit to marry you. If you are looking for a certain type of um, preparation on the man's side, he should have a house, he should have a car, he should have a job that pays $5,000 or 5,000 CDs, or this or that or that, then you may have challenges along a certain line. Finding someone who qualifies for that. You will get someone who qualifies, but they will treat you as a slave in his house because he bought you, he will feel that he bought you. You see? Uh, so, um, something must come in. I mean, if someone who is unemployed has proposed to you and does not have any vision of employment or any vision of doing businesses and getting, his, getting on his feet and all of that, then there's a problem. You should put it off. Okay? If you look into his life and realize that this guy is just not a serious guy, he's not going to be, he's not into hard work, he's just a lazy person, who is not ready to get off his bottoms to do anything, then my counsel to you is to drop him off completely. Don't even give him a second consideration. But if you weigh him and you realize that this is someone who um, has vision, is going somewhere, and is ready to work hard to provide for himself and for his family. Because the Bible says in, in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12, look at 1 Peter 5, 12. I hope I'm right. Go to 312, rather. I always miss it sometimes. Okay, let me look for it for you. This whosoever is unable to provide for his own house is where than an infidel. Um just a second. First Timothy 5 8, rather, not 12. Verse 25, it says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and his words are an infidel. Have you seen it? He has denied the faith and his words are an infidel. God talks about work a lot. So don't get involved with somebody who is not working and is not ready to work. Don't. I don't think it's a, it's a good thing. You should advise yourself. Else you, 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 you struggle for a very long time as a lady. Okay? So if the person, you realize that the person is not uh, financially ready to marry, like he's not working, nothing, you're wondering where the money is going to come from, talk to your pastor about it <laughs> and let them consider the person, find out what, they, what can be done for you to get married or otherwise, Okay before you put off the, 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 the relationship. But then, like I said earlier, the person's worse than an infidel if he's unable to provide for his own house. When I was getting married, I didn't have anything. I didn't have much. I had vision. I had purpose. And I was doing something that was bringing in something, something small. And I was able to gather something to, to get married. I was not being paid 5,000 Ghana cities at that time. I had to gather, small, small, and marry. My wife saw that I had vision. He saw I was going somewhere. And he could, she could join my, herself with me. And that's how far God has brought us. Hallelujah.
after receiving the forgiveness of sins and being cleansed of all unrighteousness, does one still have the baggage of being attached to former sexual partners, even though the person has, by the grace of God, abstained till marriage and lives for the Lord? Emphatically not. You don't have any baggage with the past. All things are passed away. And when God forgives you, he, forg he, he puts your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. It's a sea. If you, if you drop a pin into a sea, you can't find it anymore. So God does not find your sin anymore. Okay? So you forget about it. Just as much as God has forgotten about it. Okay? Let me read the question again. After receiving forgiveness of sins and being cleansed of all unrighteousness, does one still have the baggage of being attached to former sexual partners, even though the person has, by the grace of God, abstained to marriage? And this for the Lord, no. The answer is no. That's why you need to confess your sins. I said what I said earlier because there are a lot of Christians who are having sex all over the place and are not confessing their sins. Or have not received grace. They've confessed, but they've not received grace to live the way God wants them to. They confess one and they continue and confess and continue and continue and continue. There's something wrong, clearly. Okay, there's an influence that is still working in their lives. This one says, it's a great blessing to listen to you every time, Pastor T. Thank you very much. You've been, a, you've been a blessing. I like this lady and I've made it clear. She's responding in the affirmative. There's a leader in the church interested in the same church, in the same lady and can't seem to take no for an answer. What do we do? And by we, I mean the lady and I. <laughs> Talk to your pastor. That leader needs to be spoken to. The fact that you're a leader in a church does not give you an upper hand over every other person or protocol. Uh, proto like you have, you have preference, first preference, first place before every... That, that is so wrong. That is so wrong. Let your pastor know immediately so that he can be called to order. Okay? He can be called to order. Your, and your relationship must be known to your pastor. So declare a relationship to your pastor. So we are going to have a beloved conference as well for all those who are going out in our system. So we help them with a few things. Then we have a we have a conference for marriage, married, married people, isn't it? Then we have a conference for pastors' wives as well. So we are going to solve all these, all their everyone's problem on their level. So declare a relationship to your pastor. Let your pastor know about it. That and let your pastor know that this leader is not taking a no for an answer. The lady does not like him. Go with the lady and talk to your pastor about it. I think your problem should be solved. Okay? Hallelujah. If it's not solved, you can get back to me. I'll help you. Hallelujah. Um, I think the questions keep increasing. As I'm answering, it's just increasing. More is being added. Okay, so let me answer this, this last one, last two, and then we'll close. It's been a, I think it's, I've spent so long answering questions. Like an hour, isn't it? Um, Pastor T, please, is it advisable to, to divorce when you are married? Because the marriage vows tells us that no matter the situation, you should still be with your spouse. Emphatically, yes. That is, that is what marriage is all about. No matter what is going on, you are not leaving. There's a place for separation in marriage. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Where maybe your husband is trying to kill you or your wife is trying to kill you. You don't still stay under the same roof. Run away to your mother's house. Let your mother keep you for some time. Until your husband calms down and things are solved, you don't come back together. When things are solved, when the family and the church have solved your problems, then you can join together once again. When that person who is trying to kill you, the other per whoever is trying to kill you, has changed and had 
made some proper changes to his life, you can come back together. First Corinthians, let me read it to you. First Corinthians chapter 7. So there are conditions, okay, under which separation can happen. If the person is beating you blue and blue and black, you should advise yourself. Don't be don't stay there and die. Out of love. Hmm? You are so much in love. You stay for your husband to beat you till you die. No. No, not at all. So first Corinthians chapter seven, verse twenty seven. He says, Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Have you seen it? Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Are thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. Wow. All those of you are looking for wives. Paul is advising you. Seek not a wife. Then he says, But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, shall shall have such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. Hallelujah. Um Let, let me read um, go to verse 15 okay no let me um, go to verse 10 rather first Corinthians 710. This, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. Verse 11. And then it says, but and if she depart. Let her not depart. But and if she depart, let her remain unmarried. Or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. Have you seen it? It says, don't leave. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. It's forbidden. Don't depart from her husband. And says, but, and if she depart, meaning that some conditions can let you depart, let her remain on mine. Don't depart and marry another person. It's called, this is called separation. Then it says, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband. So it's either you are unmarried, or you reconcile to your husband. If your husband is beating you, threatening to kill you, threatening to pour acid on you, go to your father's house. Let your pastors know. Let your family members know. Let us start talking about reconciliation and how things will go. Okay? If you caught your husband sleeping with somebody and you can't bear it, go to your father's house. Go to your mother's house. If reconciliation can happen, then you come back together. Because Jesus gave one condition for divorce. And even that one, when he was giving it, he said that it was not like that from the start. Meaning that you shouldn't let that condition be a problem. But if you cannot bear, because it breaks trust when a husband or a wife has been found uh, committing adultery, you know, it's always a problem. It breaks a certain kind of trust. But if you can continue, you reconcile, you continue. If you can't, you can do whatever you're supposed to do, like the Bible says. So that's in uh, Matthew chapter 19. Probably you can look at it briefly. Okay? But that does not mean that that was not Jesus was not saying just divorce. Okay, let's read from um, from verse three, Matthew chapter nineteen, from verse three. That the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, "Is is it lawful for a man to put away his wife?" 
for every cause. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twin shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twin or two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Have you seen it? So Jesus, that was the answer Jesus gave to the question of divorce. Since they are no more two, they are now one. How are you going to separate them? What God has put together, let no man put asunder. Then he goes on. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Because Moses had told them that you can write, you can divorce. God didn't say you can divorce, but Moses said you can divorce. Then Jesus answered. He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts. Have you seen it? Because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you or allowed you to put away your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. So God does not allow, he does not have divorce in his books. Then he says, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, does commit adultery. Have you seen it? And so he said he gave a condition, except it be for fornication. Why? Because that is one of the major things that breaks trust in marriage. So, it's something to think about. But he didn't say, go away, if something like that happens. If that is going to be the condition under which your marriage will stand, then that will have a point to always attack. Because you have made it the forbidden tree and fruit in your marriage. And he will always come and tell you that, ah, this tree is so nice. Look at the fruit. It's so beautiful like he, he did in Genesis chapter 3. It's so nice. Why don't you just take a bite of it and let's see what will happen? And you end up becoming something. Okay, so don't make that a condition in your marriage. Don't put that as a law there so that it doesn't become something the devil will capitalize on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Probably when you're getting married, we'll tell you some more. Verse 10, he says, his disciples say unto him, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. <laughs> in other words, if you can't put your wife away for any cause, then it is not good to marry. They were saying any cause. And Jesus said, not at all. Hallelujah. Have you added more? Okay. So this one says, please, how can you... Um, Tell if the man you are in a relationship with is serious about you, especially when he's in the habit of going silent on you for weeks. Wouldn't text or call if you don't. Only comes talking to you when it's convenient for him and is always fond of reminding you of your past whenever you have a misunderstanding. Advise yourself. If it's reminding you of your past when you have a misunderstanding, advise yourself. Probably the relationship has taken too long. It's not ending up in marriage, so all kinds of unnecessary things are coming up. You need to talk to your pastor about it and uh, consider a breakup so that you can both go your ways if he's not serious. Like you said, he's not he's in the habit of uh, going silent on you for weeks. That's, that's a big deal. If you're in love, you always talk. When you get married, you still talk. You're always talking to your wife. You can't go off for weeks. That's a problem. Okay? It's a problem. Then... Uh, the next one says, um, my close friend loves this very hardworking and beautiful lady, but they realize they are kind of related. But the lady's dad said no. Uh, let me get it, pick it up on this. It says, my close friend loves this very hardworking and beautiful lady, but they realized they are kind of related. 
But the lady's dad said no. We spoke to my friend's family head, and he said they can still go ahead. But it's not a problem. But the lady is scared. What should he do? He really loves her and would want to marry her. Did you say the lady's lad, the lady's dad said no to the marriage? The lady's dad is a very important person in the marriage. If he says no, then it's no. No matter what the family head is saying, whatever the family head is saying should be with the, la the lady's dad in consent. Because the lady's dad is the one who is on a slap that the marriage is on. Okay, so you can't bypass him. You need to go through him. So they need to talk to the dad. If the dad is saying no and the family head is saying yes, that's a problem. The lady is not comfortable because um, the father has not confirmed. That's why. So you need to pray, first of all. They need to pray together. If they are so much in love, they need to pray together. If it's not your sister or your direct cousin, there's nothing wrong. People have married all kinds of uh, things. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it's not your sister, that's that's uh, incest. If it's not your sister or your direct cousin, your your auntie's daughter or your uncle's son, or you know those things so close, then it's not a problem. If it's a little bit distant, it's actually something that is accepted by many families, many tribes, because it's like it's home, we are home, so they flow with it. So if the dad is uncomfortable with it and saying no, you have to pray about him. If the family had is saying yes, thank God for his life. But the father is very more important than the family head. Because after the family head has presided over the marriage, over the wedding, engagements rather, he will go to his house. You will keep going back to your father's house or your father-in-law's house. And if he's not happy with you, you're in trouble. Okay? Hallelujah. You need his blessing. So pray. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray for him. Pray over his life that he would find reason to give you the go ahead. This does not mean that we should throw the relationship away. Pray for some time and go back again and see how you'll be responding. Amen. God bless you. I know you've enjoyed yourself. I know you've had a very lovely time. You've answered so many questions as well. So we'll come back again. Uh, watch out for the announcement watch out for the flyer we'll have another conference uh, probably with my wife to continue with what i'm saying or i'll continue and then she also says another thing and we're going to have a wonderful time we are hoping to bring other resource persons on board to come and share with you concerning what it means to be single and all of that and i know you're going to be blessed so watch out for it in the course of the year you will have so many probably in the next two weeks you'll see another one and then we'll continue like that in jesus name god bless you so much for joining me online Thank you for tuning in. God bless. I love you very much with all of my heart. Let's pray and I'll be out of here. Father, thank you for your children. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you that they enjoy their singlehood and you continue to help them to make decisions concerning who to marry. Thank you that you help them with their choice in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for teaching us to be close to you and that you assist us in all these wonderful things that we're supposed to do. Thank you, Father, for grace released upon everyone, that everyone will find his wife or her husband to your glory. Thank you, Father, even in Jesus' mighty name. Great grace is ministered to all of us. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. 
Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.